Every day during this great and terrible pause, Cooch Street is spending 10 minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they'd recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today I'm spending 10 minutes or so with Shirley Jackson and Tiptree Award-nominated writer, critic, and editor Indra Hamid Das, who joins me from somewhere in India. Hello, Indra. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. It is my How are ve- you doing? I'm well. I'm well. And it's my great pleasure to get to talk to you. How are you? How is life treating you during these strange and terrible times? Pretty good. Pretty good. I can't complain. I'm very privileged and lucky. My parents and I have been doing fine. Just, uh, you know, locked down like everyone else. But yeah, we're doing good. Yep. Because it seems like from afar that, I mean, you, uh, we've sort of touched base about this a little bit outside this. There's the whole cyclone came through the area and it's pretty chaotic sounding from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. Uh, it's like being in the center of the storm, uh, because we have our peaceful little apartment, but, uh, everything outside is complete chaos. I mean, this country is truly in a mess and I'm sure lots of people all around the world will relate government. Issues, cyclones, plagues, all of it. While it's not the, the the way that I would choose to have the world come together, it does seem to be that there's a large number of not particularly pleasant circumstances that are truly becoming universal. Indeed, indeed. Um, I think it's just, you know, various dysfunctional systems just finally taking their toll. I mean, we're breaking the limits of what we can do with this planet and with our kind of haphazardly set up societies. And uh, we need change. I mean, we need change. Uh, There's really no choice. I think you're completely right. Let me ask you, during these strange times, are you finding that you're able to, to read, to work, to function, or has it brought you to some kind of a standstill? You know, Jonathan, uh, I always have uh, tremendous trouble focusing <laughs> focusing on work i mean it's always difficult for me so uh, th- that hasn't really changed for me you know i uh, when i have worked whenever deadline it really helps and uh but it, i tend to start work very close to deadline so it just happens in one go all at one go but yeah i'm reading um i, I think it hasn't really affected my reading or watching things in any way i'm uh uh, when it when the pandemic first hit and the lockdown began, uh, it, I was definitely very down, and, it, and for a while I was not able to re- able to focus very much on reading. But now, you know, I find art is one of the thing that one of the things that helps me the most. You know, just to keep my mood up and just to keep going day after day. So, yeah, that that really helps me, and uh, I've, I've definitely been. Rewatching old movies, watching new ones, watching TV, reading a lot of books, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that segues nicely into why we're here, which is to talk about book, what you've been reading. So let me ask you this. What have you been reading, and is it any good? I'm happy you asked that, Jonathan, because I have an excellent book to recommend uh, from India. Yeah, uh, It's a science fiction, near-future science fiction novel by Samit Basu called Chosen Spirits. And um, it's, uh, uh, I believe it's available around the world on Amazon uh, uh, and in probably in other outlets, I hope so, because uh, it would be nice if you could buy it elsewhere other than Amazon. Um, he, uh, the author had mentioned that there was a glitch uh, that was preventing it from being sold globally, but uh, I'm sure they will fix it 
soon enough. But yeah, this is an is I really really loved this book. It's very much based on the zeitgeist of present day India. Well, right before the pandemic, when the um, when the nationwide anti uh, CAA kind of uh, protests were happening. I'm sure you've heard about that. So, I mean, he he started writing novels several years ago, but it's clear that uh, he kind of incorporated this recent history into the book as time went on. But it's basically just kind of um, a mundane viewpoint on how India has been a dystopia for a long, long time. That's our present. That's our reality. And just the mind-boggling weirdness of living in this country is hard to believe very often and the book kind of captures that because it it doesn't take you too far into the future but just enough that this current reality is extremely recognizable in it but also heightened and it's and it's very much in the mold of cyberpunk without being in any way like what one might consider traditionally cyberpunk you know the aesthetics uh, that we've come to associate with cyberpunk because it's very much based it's based on a character who works in um in kind of this reality tv streaming television about uh, celebrities like influencers and she's a reality controller who's in charge of uh kind of running the artificial life of one of these celebrities but yeah it's just you should read it uh, i mean you know it's it's not something that can be really be summed up it's uh, very very much worth reading so I finished that mm-hmm. recently, and um, I just started reading the last paperback book that I, uh, yeah. hard copy book that I bought at a bookstore before the pandemic, Namwali Sapel's The Old Drift, uh, which I've heard very good things about. Yep. I've just started it, loving it so far. It's Wonderful. kind of like a multi-generational saga um, set in Zambia, and uh, it's... Um, I believe it's got some fantastical elements. I mean, it was nominated for the Ray Bradbury yeah. uh, Award uh, and the NAMO and the various awards. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm reading currently. Excellent. Well, actually, that kind of like segues. I mean, I want to dance around the questions a little bit because I kind of want to follow that through a little bit because a book like uh, Summit Buses, which is available, I've seen on uh, the major ebook sites and that kind of thing, is widely available. We've seen – I've seen – in, in my own little bubble, more and more science fiction from your country coming into the West. Do you feel that things are changing with how people are approaching reading, people people outside the country are approaching from reading? And do you think people really outside the country have any idea of the richness and depth of science fiction and fantasy in the country? I think things are definitely changing if slowly. Um I, I don't think that audiences outside India would be familiar with writers here that haven't been published in mainstream outlets in the West, uh, you know, like yeah. big magazines, the, sure. the major magazines or publishers. Um, when it comes to Summit's book, it's uh, this is actually a, quite an unusual release because of the pandemic. It was uh, published by Penguin India, so it's a solely Indian publication, but uh, I guess they kind of wrangled it so it would be available all around the world because of the pandemic, uh, because they delayed the hard, uh, the hard copy release. So 
it's not uh, it's not usually the case when Indian uh, science fiction or fantasy book is published in India that it's available in the rest of the world. That's not usually yeah. how it works. Uh, but uh, uh, from what you were mentioning about whether people know about uh, speculative fiction or sure, sure, sure. writers yeah, yeah. in this in, in South Asia. I mean, I don't think uh, Indian Anglophone readers really know that much <laughs> about the range of writers here either, because, I mean, India is not in the same place as, say, China or even Southeast Asia, East Asia in terms of approaching genre fiction, uh, Anglophone genre fiction, especially because that's what's mainstream. Uh, this is a lot of regional writing that I wouldn't be familiar with at all. Uh, because uh, I don't read those languages or haven't heard about it. But uh, so that, you know, that's not getting out anyway. It's already very f- focused. But even when you, when you just speak about, about Anglophone, South Asian or Indian uh, science fiction fantasy, it's just not really nurtured within Indian publishing the way it is in uh, countries where SFF is really growing quickly. Um, because I don't think we have I don't think we have a culture an editorial culture that really knows a lot about SFF about uh, about how to market it how to acquire it I think when books SFF books do get published it's either kind of by mistake because an editor just happened to like a book that belongs to genre or um, or, or it belongs to a genre that is very successful in South Asia, like mythofiction, which is, you know, religious mythology that's kind of repackaged or re, um, rewritten as epic fantasy, which is massively popular in this country, but kind of divorced from the worldwide SFF uh, context. It's mostly just read in India and kind of, and happens to be associated with the current uh, kind of nationalistic fascist street, which is not to say that they're all, uh, all those books are explicitly nationalistic or, but you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the consciousness around it. Yeah. I guess I partly ask because at least from my own perspective, I've seen a couple of books come from Hashit India in the last 12 months, a couple of mm-hmm. large anthologies, whatever else there was, yeah, uh, there was, there was the Golan's book of South Asian science fiction. There was magical mm-hmm. women. You know, and I've seen a yeah. few other things coming through, which I th- I think is interesting because it just seems to highlight the variety of work that exists that people could pay attention to. Yeah. And I wonder if where where I, where I am at least, digital publishing is a useful, interesting thing. It becomes a much more valuable thing in this context. So a book like Summits can actually get out of well, be be read and accessed fairly easily outside of India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um- I think there's a lot of potential in that, but then you get into the complications of of contracts, of payment, you know, of because course. very often Indian writers, when they're publishing their novels here, if you accept a book deal that has your book being published in India, then you kind of jeopardize your chances of selling rights in the UK because the UK publishers often ask for um, rights in South Asia as well. Sure. So. Yeah, you have to think about distribution, about the how best to get exposure, how best to get paid. Yeah. So it's it's complicated. I mean, um, I love that Chosen Spirits is available yeah. uh, worldwide. But, you know, just the fact that it's published by Penguin India means automatically it's not going to be considered by a lot of readers, even though it is available. 
you know, because they're not going to yeah. see it on shelves. I mean, right now, shelves is kind of uh, abstract. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Because we're all <laughs> we're all at home. But I mean, you know, other countries are slowly opening mm. up. We don't seem anywhere close to that. Our lockdown is extremely punitive and doesn't seem to be working. But anyway, not to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I mean. <laughs> Well, since you touch on lockdown, let's sort of cycle back to the questions we were talking about, which has to do with, we've talked about the books you're reading right now. Are there books that you would recommend people seek out if they can at a time like this when they have a lot of time on their hands, old favorites, mm -hmm. things that are challenging, things that are comfortable? Is there anything particularly that stands out for you? Yeah. Um, actually, there's another book that I'm reading right now, uh, uh, but I am biased because I'm in it. Uh, it's uh, Ellen Datlow's Echoes, yeah. which I'm going through. And I think it's a fantastic book to read right now because it's huge. It's absolutely massive. Uh, I think it's something like uh, 800,000 words or something. <laughs> so it's a whole bunch of ghost stories by amazing writers. I've, I've really been loving the stories. I'm going through it quite slowly. But for some reason, uh, I'm finding that horror is really hitting the spot right now. I don't know why. It's just... There's something comforting about it, ironically. Um, <laughs> ghost stories, I think because ghost stories and horror are yeah. kind of like this, uh, it's this primal form of storytelling where it's about being scared of the dark and it's the storytelling you associate with sitting around a fire and, you know, going back thousands of years, you know, you have humans probably scaring each other and explaining or, you know, trying to, uh, beat the fear of the dark by telling stories about it. That's uh, so it's you know there's always this universal appeal to ghost stories and every culture has its variations and I think uh, Ellen has done an amazing job bringing together a massive amount of them. So there's that. Um, I've been I've been uh, for the same reason uh, reading some Stephen King, uh, you know, which I haven't done in a while. I re I read The Mist for the first time, which was excellent. Um, very relevant to present times. Um, there's another, there's a comic book, uh, that I think comics are a great outlet for right now because you can read them pretty quickly, but they're often very long. So you can, you know, also have a lot to read. Uh, I would advise, I would strongly recommend, um, uh, Gilbert Hernandez's Palomar, the heartbreaks stories. Uh, there's a, there used to be, it's one of my most prized possessions. There's this massive collected volume uh, of these stories. Uh, the Hernandez brothers have uh, done these comics for a long time. But uh, Palomar is one of my favorites. It's very much like uh, 100 Years of Solitude, but in some ways um, I, I even prefer it to 100 Years of Solitude, which I loved. I read as a teenager, but uh, this one really sticks with me. And it's this massive collected volume of stories, multi-generational saga about a village and its inhabitants and I really recommend that. Another comic that I recently read is uh, My Favorite Thing is Monsters by uh, Emil Ferris. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly but a uh, wonderful, wonderful comic book with stunning art. Gorgeous, gorgeous art. And it's about um, it's about kind of uh, this um, child in in 60s Chicago, I believe, uh, uh, who is obsessed with monsters, with monster narratives, movies, uh, and she and the comic is in the form of her her diaries or her sketchbook, and so it's it's beautiful and it's just a, a kind of a coming age uh, coming of age tale about her and also another woman growing up 
during the Holocaust, uh, during uh, the rise of Nazi Germany, yeah, yeah, yeah. who was a neighbor in the apartment building. So, yeah, fantastic book. I recommend Wonderful. that as well. Well, let me ask you this then. I know that The Devourers was out in the world for about three or four years now, and I know you've been writing a lot of short fiction. So tell me, uh, do you have anything new out in the world that readers can uh, hunt down and, and, and read? Yeah, I mean, just recently I had a story, a science fiction story about a political refugee from India who visits her family in India through a robotic telepresence avatar. It's in an anthology called, uh, uh, edited by Anne Vandermeer, um, called Avatars Inc. And, uh, it's available for free online. You can download it as an ebook or read the stories on the website. Uh, and it's this kind of, uh, this anthology was funded by a nonprofit, uh, called XPRIZE. And they, uh, they kind of do research into developing technologies that might help humanity in the future. So they're, they're actually involved in act, uh, in developing real technologies and uh, offering prizes to people who develop them. And, uh, the, the wonderful thing is that they work with artists and, um, uh, writers, etc., to help imagine these technologies. So the anthology was one of their projects. Uh, they've done some more as well. I think there was one about oceans uh, that they recently released as well. So yeah, Avatars Inc. I recommend that. And again, there's a there's a wonderful list of writers. Uh, and uh, and I recently actually talking of pandemic and lockdown and whatnot. I did. Uh, I attended an event for Avatars Inc. in Second Life, the virtual world. Uh, so there was there's a book club that happens there called the Second Life Book Club, uh, and uh, so Anne and Eric, who's kind of uh, who's involved with X Prize, uh, uh, did an event talking about Avatars Inc. within this book club, and it was in a virtual space station above Second Life. It was pretty awesome. I mean, I loved it. Uh, uh, so. So everyone was there in their avatars and talking to each other. It it was very engaging. I found it. I, it made me think that it would Second Life would be an amazing space for conventions, etc. In situations like this, it just it just happens to be very buggy and slow as well because it's quite old and but uh, but quite delightful. Yeah. Well, look, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today. I've genuinely appreciated. And I'm looking forward to, to new work and hopefully seeing you somewhere down the road sometime. Likewise, it was lovely to chat, Jonathan. Stay well, stay safe.